Welcome to Animal Cafe, where you'll hear weekly interviews with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals, and a monthly segment reviewing fun, fabulous, and useful products for your pets. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for more. Hi there. This week we're talking to my dear friend, Sandra Mannion. She's a dog trainer in the East Bay of the San Francisco area of California. And she is very well versed in dealing with problem dogs, problem behaviors, and you know the the basic stuff that that comes up when when people bring a dog into their life and maybe it doesn't all go as planned. So, hello, Sandra. I'm Kelly. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me because this is my new tradition. I'm actually at your house. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so thank you for having me. Um, today I, I wanted to have you on the show because I thought that I think it's really important to somehow tie together the two different worlds of dog training that exist in the idea that we have sport dog, competition dog Mm -hmm. people and trainers and dogs Mm -hmm. and then we have people who live with their companion animals as their best friend or just as their, their, in some cases, even just their pet and I don't know, right now it seems like it's always treated as apples and oranges but watching you and all of your all of your successes over the years and watching how you blend very gracefully the world of sport competition with dealing with pet owners and, sure, and, sure. and your own personal companions, I think there is a tie in there. And I'd like to talk to you about, about how you tie that in. Absolutely. So let's see. I think the idea that there's a big difference between pet dogs and working dogs is a little bit of a myth because every dog was created for a purpose, for a reason. Okay, yes, good point. Very good point. So many of the sports are that you can compete in with your dog are a standardized version of what the original purpose of the dog was. So maybe a gun dog competition or a scent work competition or... Um, obedience for a dog that's intended to be an ideal companion. So I'm not really sure that I'm in agreement that it's apples and oranges. No, that's a great point. That's a really good point. Um, it seems that way, that when you're dealing with the average person, um, as you as you mentioned, so many dogs, well, every dog, was was designed with a purpose right, in mind. In some cases, it was just companionship. They have lap dogs, don't mm-hmm. they, that were, were bred for that. Sure. But that's not most most dogs that people end up with in their in their homes and on their couches. And even dogs that are designed to be a companion, there are competitions. I mean, the CD is representative. What is the CD? It's a companion dog in the AKC competition. And it's actually just a little abbreviation for a title that you can get that you have proven your dog's really good at being a companion. So basic obedience that would serve any dog. So it's not such a far cry from what a really good dog hanging around the house should be good at. Healing, focusing on their owner, being able to hold a stay, all those things would be good for any dog in any situation. No, absolutely. And and that's really what most people expect, I think. When they when they get a dog, I think people often still do have the ideal of their their faithful companion, sure, their, their lassie, sure. their Rintintin, whatever it may be. I know, I know Rintintin had a bigger job than Lassie. <laughs> some may say, dare I say, but uh, you know, but the idea of the you know the faithful, intelligent companion, and um, maybe what people fail to realize is well, besides that those were Hollywood characters, right? Is is that 
you know, training went into that, but it Absolutely. wasn't inherent. Right. And I think that that's another good point about um, how integrating uh, a competition with a pet dog is actually a really good idea because many of uh, what I experience in my field is people that get a dog because they like the way it looks or um, their friend had one and maybe they don't know what went into building that dog and making it the ideal companion and then they wind up with a dog that's got far more potential and intelligence than they had anticipated and when that uh, energy goes in the wrong place if it's not capitalized on and directed it can wind up being a really uh, unproductive use of energy so let's say someone sees their friend has a border collie dog's really well trained and then they go out and get one um, they don't have uh, a focus or a goal for the dog and the dog winds up opening the refrigerator when they're gone <laughs> from the house or learning how to unlock the back door so, have you seen the video of the dog that herds chairs no. when no one's home? <laughs> no, it but moves I believe the it. furniture? I absolutely yeah. believe it, yeah. Um, so I think if uh, someone really recognizes that they like a certain characteristic in a dog, they have to think so far as to, ahead as to where they want to put that energy if they actually wound up having that dog in their home. And maybe even before that, as you said, you know, often this is based on um, an N of one, the dog, the one dog that they know. Mm -hmm. So what is it about Duke that is so endearing? Is it that he's so, you know, quote-unquote obedient or calm or whatever? Because that might not even be playing to type. Absolutely. And, and if you see a dog, you're seeing a snapshot of that dog at that moment in their life. You don't know all the five years of work and energy and time and effort that went into making Duke that dog that he was at that moment that you met him. And I think if you ask most owners that have a really well-behaved pet dog, you'd see that they had spent an enormous amount of time and energy to create that. Yes, okay, good, very good point. So, you, you, you are, a, a, in, in your daily work, mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you mostly do deal with companion dogs in people's homes, and often, be, you know, the challenges that come up when things don't go quite as planned. Absolutely, that, that, that's 99% of what I do every day. People, unfortunately, most people don't, many people don't come to class or to a professional as a preventative measure. They wait till there's already a problem. Yeah, and it's much harder to fix it once it's broken than to, than to not let it get broke to begin and with. And a professional would probably be able to, you know, people say problems come out of, out of the blue, right? right? A professional would probably be able to say that, you know, or ward off or, or channel. For sure. Yeah, and see early signs that maybe a dog had so much energy that it needed to start a sport really early on so yeah. that the people don't, you know, the, the amount of time and energy to take a puppy to a, to a class and get them focused and well-trained is a fraction of the energy it takes to fix a dog that's three years old and has a huge number of problems already. It's the old adage. Yeah. Balance of prevention. Pound a cure. Yep. It works <laughs> out that way. So, um, so, so first of all, the, the point being, for those who maybe have not grasped what we're saying, is prevention is really worth it. So for you sure. should seek out a professional to train your dog or and and to maybe work on some creative exercises or some sport work absolutely just as a as a 
from the beginning, as you know, regardless of absolutely, and it's doing a service to dogs in general because one of the things that I frequently see in pet owners is they don't actually recognize the the value of what their dog yeah. has, the beauty of the history that was put into yeah. creating that breed. They might be annoyed that, let's say, a lab is continuously trying to. Uh, chase birds, but if you actually were able to use that energy and direct it, it's a really amazing, beautiful thing, and it, it allows you to understand, um, you know, the, the history and purpose behind the creature you're living with. It's pretty amazing, and we, we do take dogs for granted to a certain extent, don't we? I mean, if you think about how humans have designed dogs, mm -hmm. and, and the diverse... Um, Abilities and interests Absolutely. and inclinations that they have it is quite a quite an amazing thing And I don't think people think about that. I don't think so either and I, I think probably the most um, moving and touching moments for me when I'm dealing with day in and day out of Problems with animals and frustrated owners is when I see someone that comes to me with a problem and they wind up realizing how much potential their dog has and just they get past fixing the problem and actually move into using that dog's energy that previously was going in the wrong direction and, yeah. and putting it somewhere that, that is beyond their expectations. Um, I've had folks come to me with broken dogs that wind up winning blue ribbons, and that's probably the most rewarding for me as a trainer to see that, that progression. So I, we, we, we don't have a heck of a lot of time, but there are several things that I want to cover with you. Um, three things actually and specifically one is um, you know so we're telling people that it's a great idea to a you know, um, you know as, a, as a, an ounce of prevention to coming and to do to, to channel the dog energy proactively mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about um, what kind of thing, what, what are their options sure well I think the first place to start would be a very realistic grasp if at all possible, before you get your dog about... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam. If, if possible was <laughs> the key point there. About how much time and energy you have to devote to your dog. And because um, that will help you determine whether or not you want a high-powered herding breed that does crazy activities or you want a lap dog that's the big idea about expending energy as a walk around the block. So, Which in that case, if I might interlude mm -hmm, for a moment... You know, I interrupt for a moment, I'm sorry. Um, you know, adult dogs in, in, sure. that are in shelters and senior dogs, if you yeah. just want a companion to, to lope around the block with, yeah. you know, there's a lot of dogs out there that oh, would be absolutely. really happy with that. And, and to maybe not, not uh, necessarily pick your companion, whether it's an older dog in a shelter or a new dog that you're finding in your life in another way, you want to pick your dog for... The purpose. If the dog's purpose is to walk around the block and snuggle yeah. in your lap, then you want to look for what's right for that. Not that pretty... Not the flashy... Right. Weimariner yeah. that you always wanted one because your friend had one, yet you're away from the house for 10 hours a day, and when you get home, you just want to curl up on the couch with your pup. So it, a, a realistic idea about what um, you can devote to it. And then if you wind up having a companion in your life who wasn't exactly what you anticipated and expected... It would be a great idea to research what's out there that interests you so it's motivating for you as an owner to bring your dog through um, a training program. Maybe it's something like Rally, which is fun, advanced obedience exercises. Or rally are more, more relaxed, more fun. Uh -huh. than very basic. accessible yeah. For, yeah. for pet owners. 
or maybe if you have a dog that's a little bit nervous about the world and not quite into a big competitive environment and maybe you're not as an owner you'd want to look towards something more like nose work where it's a little more individual and and at your pace so scent games where the dogs are learning yeah. how to or not learning they know how to use their noses but where they're we're learning how to follow them using their noses <laughs> exactly okay okay we have so we have rally we have uh, nose work, scent games, we have... What yeah, else? Yeah, but there's agility out there. There's dock diving. Oh, dock diving. That's dock a diving's one. a blast. There, there's a, a... Dog sports have become much more accessible and varied in, in the last handful of years, and so there's something out there for everybody. Think about what your dog's natural talents are. Think about what interests you and your dog and in your world, and then there's likely a sport out there that... that is going to be the right choice for you and your dog. I'm finding myself um, broadening my own horizons because I'm now doing herding, which is something I, frankly, very little interest in other than <laughs> reading in a book. I mean, I always loved reading you know the the heroic stories of you sure. know of the of the island dogs and such. But um, you know, I found I had a dog that you rescued a herding breed, and there it was. There's your answer. You, you she looked to do some said herding. she wanted to do that, so that's great. And you found an enormous amount of. It's been wonderful. Yeah. It has enriched our lives quite a bit. I mean, and I think that's, so this is the second thing that I would, would like to talk to about mm -hmm. is, so you find a sport, and there are so many sports out there. Sure. We, I mean, we can put a list on, on in, in our link, but um, you find a sport, and then what happens when you do it? I mean, what is, you know, it's not, I mean, I don't have a herd of sheep or, or <laughs> cattle, and I might never, although I have a dream that maybe someday. Um, but... So people might say, why are you, you doing this? Now, I, there are competitions, and sure. they serve a purpose. Sure. But even if you never compete. So the, the great thing about it is you could, you could have a competitive sport in mind, and you never have to step in the ring. You could really just learn a more uh, detail-oriented um, idea or have a detail-oriented goal for your dog and be striving for a standard. Whether or not you walk into the ring and compete against other people, you're actually working toward a higher goal, which is motivating for most people. And it's got a set uh, curriculum and, and shape to it, so you have something to strive for and you have a framework to work within. Even if it's your own personal goal. Right. Exactly, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You know, competition, I don't think, is really the goal as much as strengthening your understanding of the dog and your relationship with the dog through trying to achieve something that's a little bit bigger than um, what a lot of people had originally anticipated when they got a dog. It, well, it does seem, watching your students and, then, and, and, and watching people in general do this, do some kind of competition or in sport, people see their dog through new eyes. Sure. And yeah. they see their dog maybe for the first time. Absolutely. It's very touching. The behaviors that they before found so annoying and, and debilitating, they suddenly have a greater appreciation for. And, and that's when I really feel like I've, I've done my job and achieved something, when I can get people to see exactly that, their dog with new eyes, and uh, appreciate all of their finer qualities. So some of the benefits then, so we're, we, we, we've, we've found, a, we've you know, selected a sport and we maybe, maybe we don't even want to compete, maybe we're not, you know, in, we're shy about that, but we do know now that we're communicating better with our dog. What are some of the other benefits? I mean, it sounds like by channeling. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, a lot of people think when they want to 
exercise their dog that the only framework they work within is letting the dog run wild and free. And that doesn't actually always... <laughs> can be dangerous. And it can also... Um, it, it's not necessarily exercising your dog's brain at the same time it's exercising their body. Well, they could be practicing the wrong things, too, Absolutely. no? Right? If you're I just running amok? Absolutely. I see that, that also frequently. And people that spend a lot of time letting their dog play with other dogs, and then they can't get their dog to come away from other dogs. It's not always the most productive use of time when you're just letting your dog run wild and free. So rather than a trip to the dog park, it may be a better idea to go work with your dog building skills that develop your relationship with them. I don't think people who haven't yet tried a dog sport class, I don't think they understand how how exhausting <laughs> it is for both. <laughs> I always tell people you can have your exercise time if you're doing something that exercises the dog's brain and the dog's body. And dogs usually wind up being exhausted after a very brief period when they're really, you know, utilizing everything. Uh, you know, many of the dogs are designed to just be able to move their body all day long. So unless you plan on being at the dog park for eight hours, you may never be able to really wear them out. But doing something where they can be thinking and moving is a really uh, perfect way to, to meet their needs and uh, make the most of your time with them. So glad you brought that up because it is true. I mean, if I mean, some dogs do have hours and hours worth of energy, mm -hmm. physical energy inside of them. Absolutely. And if you are going to the park regularly and spending an hour, well, soon it'll be an hour and a half, and then soon it'll be two. You're, you're <laughs> right. training an athlete. Absolutely. Basically. And you're building their stamina to run around, uh, you know, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and, and changes physiologically. It changes them as they, you know, as For they. Sure. You know, so um, it's not always just about. About that. One of the, the things I hear when I start up with a new client is after the first or second session, inevitably the owner will say, my dog slept for hours yep. after we left yep. training. Yep. And you know, the dogs are having fun, they're using their brain, I give them lots of little breaks, but even after just that hour of time, the dogs are absolutely exhausted, and those are the same dogs that go to the dog park for two hours yep. and come home and are ready to run a marathon. And you know, and they're getting you're giving them the gift of your attention, your full attention. Absolutely, which is really what many which, of them want more than anything, especially because a lot of the time they're getting negative attention for doing at home. Yeah, know, doing you know. stuff that the owners are not happy with. Because at the park people check out mm -hmm. mentally. I've seen it, you've seen it. Sometimes physically <laughs> I've seen them literally check out. <laughs> the dog. It's terrible. But no, but it's true. And so I think if you if you can I mean you've 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 taken the time to invite this this different species into your home and mm -hmm. to be part of your family and I think it's really important to honor the fact that they also have needs and sure and learn and what they're different they're all about and what their history is about and and it's just a way to to really appreciate what it is that you have. Okay, so I think this has been really. This is exciting to me. I, lo I love these kind of talks. Um, I, we, we should wrap up soon, but I would like to um, give you an opportunity to talk about, I don't know, just a success story, something, just give us a proud a proud and happy moment. I know you've got many. I, I'm thinking of several if you don't, one doesn't come to mind immediately, but just tell me about one of your dogs that, you, that you've worked with, one of your students. Sure. Um, I actually, two, two come to mind that were in a, in a recent rally class that I that I had, and uh, one was a, a Doberman Pinscher 
that, well, Doberman, and that dog had come with lots of aggression problems, uh, defensive behavior, just directed kind of everywhere in the world, and and the owner was a bit of a, a loss of how to handle it, and we got started with training, and boy, that guy got bit by the bug, and that dog went from being a very nervous and borderline dangerous to be doing some unbelievable obedience and uh, he walked into the rally ring and I think as I remember he came out with two first place and a second his place. first competition first I, I time in the ring yeah. never even heard of rally prior to that and stepped in and, and got his title and just cleaned up and I have to say that was one of the more touching they're quite an elegant team I know who you're, yes, you're they're, talking they're about lovely. it's an elegant team so yeah, it, these are the moments that that make it all worthwhile, yep. don't they? Especially when he when he came in and it was a dog that was a source of frustration and confusion, and now all I see is absolute adoration and a glowing pride in in what the dog's abilities. So, so I think I think if we had to have to wrap up with a final message, um, a lot of training today and in general, when you have a a, a problem quote unquote problem behavior in dog. In your dog, a lot of people just a lot of training focuses on on suppressing yes behavior yeah, and what you're what you do and what I've seen what I think is so beautiful about what you do is you don't suppress you channel mm -hmm. and focus mm -hmm. and draw even draw out dare I say because it sounds so <laughs> terrible if you're having a problem draw out you know sure. the the good in in the behavior and 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 give it its place absolutely it's there. And it's in most dogs, and um, there there really isn't a way to suppress it. There's a way to recognize it and direct it. So that's really how I see my job in dog training, whether it's a dog that's having some problems, you know, jumping up on people, or whether it's a dog that's doing something really, really bad in the world. But either way, the solution is to take the energy it's putting in the wrong place and try and put it in the right place. Because behavior and energy, they need to go somewhere. You can't just put a lid on it when yep. you have a pressure cooker, right? So Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out somewhere. <laughs> we want it to go in the right place. <laughs> well, I, I think um, what you do is just is really inspiring and beautiful, and I, I Thank you. very much appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been lovely. Thanks, Thanks Kel. Good night.